With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Okay. Hello, Hockey World. Today is Tuesday, August 2nd, 2016. Morning, everybody. Or I say good afternoon. This is, my name is Anthony Mangione. I write for Center Ice Philly Magazine. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology, wearing my Stay Classy Philly shirt. There you go. So we'll try and stay classy. And I'm Michael Agello, and I'm never classy. And this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. Uh, it's August 2nd. You know, this is, these are, are considered the dog days of baseball. They're also considered the dog days of hockey because nothing or little is happening. But we always find something, and we'll talk about the, the news and happenings of the NHL for the next hour. And remember to visit Patreon.com slash hockey if you want to contribute to this Pod, to this uh, buzzcast continuing and <laughs> being able to feed certain people who are on this webcast. Anyway, um, want to start, Russ? You found a little something online about a, a Zamboni driver that I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, it was it was something like a Detroit event center or something, and there and and apparently there's this thing on Twitter called Hockey Jobs, and and so it said Zamboni driver wanted. And I'm thinking, what are the qualifications for a Zamboni driver? Like, do you need a driver's license? Well, I, well, I don't think it's like a cab driver and you need a specific license. But... No, no, but do you need a license at all? Can Do you have to have a license? I would, I would have to think so. I'd have to think that would be some sort of operating license that has to be involved. Maybe a machinery operating license, but not a car, you know, like maybe... Well, we we know we know that we know that you wouldn't be able to get the job if you got a DZWI. Um, but, DZWI. I mean, you know, but, but but by the way, Russ, uh, for hockeyjobs.com, was Steve Downey on that website? No, he wasn't, but <laughs> he could be. He yeah. Could be. But I, I I honestly I don't think it takes any you know, special qualifications, you just got to make sure you don't drive through the boards, which I've, I've actually seen uh, back, back in my youth, my brother played hockey at a local arena outside of Buffalo, and we went in for a, they usually played Saturday night games. Okay. Saturday night around 10.30, and we went in about 10 o'clock, you know, the, all the players, I was sort of like the water boy, the guy who opened up the door, you know, I was like 10 years old, and... They canceled the game, and they says, why? Well, because the Zamboni driver was looking away and forgot to turn and went right through the end, the end glass and knocked the boards down. Boy. Wow. So needless to say, they were looking for a Zamboni driver. Okay, but here's the thing. So I just – I'm at this, like, Q&A site, and here's a guy who said he's a Zamboni driver, and here's how he got his job. The fact that he was available for weekends <laughs> – Helped him get the job. Doesn't say he knows how to drive. Doesn't say anything. Just says, yeah, I was available for weekends. Then you go down a little further and it says, the ability to repair light trucks, high amperage battery systems, and hydraulics are big pluses. Knowledge of, knowledge of refrigeration, CPR first aid, 
and how to run a scoreboard is good. Knowledge of heavy equipment are helpful. None of these say they're requirements. Right. Like I literally think you could just you could be Chauncey the Gardener, if you know who Chauncey the Gardener is, and yeah. you could literally be a Zamboni driver. Chauncey the Gardener wanted to. He if they wanted to hire him, he could literally be a Zamboni driver. I don't think there's any qualifications. Well, needless, needless to say, Tom Brady and the Philadelphia Phillies will be available for Zamboni driving in September. Um, okay, let's 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 move on. It's an unregulated industry. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Yes. Okay. So I should be able to get a job there, no problem. Yep. Um, okay. Interesting little blurb that came out late Sunday night from Adrian Dater, who uh, is pretty pretty well connected, and uh, and he reports now. We, we're sick and tired of hearing about Jimmy VC, obviously. I mean, it's been out there for you know at least six months, maybe even more, going back to last year. Um, you know, for anybody who needs a refresher course, he was you know a Nashville draft pick. Did not sign with Nashville. His rights were traded to the Buffalo Sabers for a third-round pick before the draft. The Sabers retain his rights until August 15th. Then he becomes an unrestricted free agent, and VC and his representatives, in spite of the fact that Buffalo courted him. After the draft, they have continued to say they're going to go to August 15th, they're going to talk to other teams, and then make a decision. Well, Stan Bowman, the general manager in Chicago, apparently set up camp in Massachusetts and watched VC for a few a few days uh, late last month. Dater came out, Dater came out uh, on Sunday and said that the Toronto Maple Leafs, who have been rumored to be one of the two or three or four teams that have been interested are in the lead for VC. Uh, Anthony, I mean, we know that this is a player who's probably going to step right into an NHL, onto an NHL roster. I mean, do you think all the hype is warranted for VC? I think there has to be at least some form of, um, put it this properly, is, is some, a little bit of caution and certainly him going into his first year into the National Hockey League. I think you'll probably see even more out of him in year two and year three. The advantage is, again, he's got good, he's got outstanding, he's got excellent size. He would fit in, for a team like Toronto, obviously, he would fit in very quickly. I think a lot of people have the idea that he and Austin Matthews could be tremendous together. I, I certainly think that's, uh, that's, a, that's warranted. Uh, he has played, obviously, with skilled players before uh, coming out of college. Um, but I do like any player coming into the NHL hasn't played a game, hasn't played a shift yet in the NHL. I would say if you're expecting 25 goals out of him in his first year, that's probably a little bit of an overestimation. I think 15, if he gets between 15 and 20 goals this season, considered considered a good buy. Yeah, I think he can get 15. I mean, I, I watched him every year improve in college, and, and last year he was just all world. But in college, again, you know, there's always that big jump. He he is a big body, he's he's strong, and he is a good skater. So all those things bode well for him being able to be plugged in. But, again, you can't plug him in on the first line. Can't do it. Not even sure you should plug him in on the second line. You probably should plug him in on the third line. And then that would give him a fighting chance to have that 15-goal kind of season. And I think that's that's what you would expect. I mean, if he's with the Leafs, I think with the Leafs, he definitely could get second or third line duty. If he's with Buffalo, it's probably third line duty. And, you know, and if it's with Boston, it's definitely third line duty. Either way, I think he would do well in any, any of those situations. I don't anticipate a problem. I don't know. 
I think the biggest problem he's going to have is he probably didn't anticipate this, but he might get booed for certain markets when he goes there. If he, let's say, he signs with the Leafs, he, I don't know if they'll ever boo him in Boston, but they might boo him in a couple of the markets because there are some fans that are sort of tired of it. It's not the kid's fault. I mean, he's just exercising his his rights, but you could tell online that there it's a disturbance now. Oh, he'll get booed. He'll get booed by Buffalo fans if he's yeah. uh, if he signs with Toronto, especially yeah. after they traded a third round pick for him. I mean, what I what I look at at this situation, and I'm not putting myself in the place of VC because you know in the end he's going to go where he wants to go. But you look at and just let's narrow it to the the three teams: Buffalo, Toronto, and Boston. I mean, Chicago is a possibility because it's Chicago, and you have a chance to play with. Kane and Taves or Pittsburgh has been rumored and you have a chance to play with Crosby or Malkin but those have been sort of dark horses that have come up in the last like month or so. Buffalo, Toronto and 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 Boston have been consistent for a while and if you look at those three teams, Boston's advantage is that he's from there, he's a fan of the team but if you look at the, the, the path of that team, Chara's getting older, He's got a year or two left in his contract. Bergeron, Krejci, they have good centers, but they're, again, they're they're starting to get toward the end of, not the end of their career, but the end of the prime of their career. Marchand is a UFA at the end of this year. It's an uncertain path. They've added back as, I mean, they may make the playoffs one or two more years, but I think their time is, in a way, has passed. Buffalo and Toronto, the future is in front of them, and it's a question of whether you want to play with Jack Eichel or you want to play with Austin Matthews. So uh, to, to me, Anthony, I, I think if he's looking at future and he's looking at a position where he can play with quality talent, it's Buffalo or Toronto and not Boston. But the, the heartstrings may pull him to Boston. What do you think? Um, the one other factor we have to take a look at as well with VC is the fact that if you're looking at, obviously with Buffalo having his, his rights at the moment until the 15th, Toronto, again, yet. While they don't, tr they try not to trumpet it as much. You have the family angle there it's with his father working for the Leafs, so that I think you know they can play that down as much as they want to. It's still going to be a considering factor for him. Uh, the opportunity again for him to play, get good minutes, obviously to start off and be with a team that's on the rise. Toronto and Buffalo certainly work work well. Again, it comes down to in his circumstance. Where he thinks he's going to get, as you stated, where he's going to have the uh, the greatest opportunity for ice time to get started. Because again, as a college as a college age player, he's coming in right at the point where he is he's starting his pro career. So he's going to want to try to get things going as quickly as possible offensively. So when he gets to his contract, his next contract, he's going to have some good numbers to back him up. It's going to be interesting to see if any if there is a third party that comes in. I agree with you about Boston. I think Boston, if he's looking at it overall, other than being, you know, from a hometown and favored in, the, in, in that market, you're right. I think the, the the Bruins are in a very sort of teetering situation there. Chicago, as you mentioned, Chicago on the outside, uh, as you mentioned, uh, Stan Bowman. Chicago's going to be a tempting opportunity there, but I do think it'll be a little tough for him um, because Chicago does do a pretty good job of stacking uh, stacking their lineup, although they do have some, some space there for him. There have been some whispers about you know, Philadelphia being sort of on the outskirts of it, kind of monitoring things as well. I, I, I doubt that that Philadelphia was going to come into play, but you have to keep it there until the uh, 15th. So, again, Toronto seems to me, I would agree with Dater in that I feel like Toronto's a little bit ahead of Buffalo uh, in this circumstance. 
Yeah, I, I you know, I, here's the funny thing. If, if I were VC and I had a choice of staying near my mother or going to Toronto, I'd be going to Toronto. Nothing against my mom. I love my mom. I don't want to be in the same city as my mom 24-7 where she can know what I'm doing every minute of the day. No way. But apparently he wants that. So I still think it's Boston and Toronto. I don't think anybody else has a chance. I think he'll he'll go to the Blackhawks because why wouldn't you? And he'll talk to the Rangers because why wouldn't you? But at the end of the day, I think it's still those two teams. And, you know, and, and I'm not saying this as a Buffalonian who is not a aficionado of the Sabres. If he was going to sign with Buffalo, he would have signed already. Yeah, I think so, too. So, I mean, you know, you, is, it, is it possible that he goes to August 15th, he talks to everybody else, and then he says, oh, I want to play with Eichel? It's possible. But I, I think that the, the signal of him waiting to August 15th to be able to talk to other teams is powerful enough to say that, okay, well, it, you know, I, I think that there's probably been some communication, even though that would be tampering, there's probably been some communication with Boston or with other teams, you know, that is that would maybe be quasi-tampering but not officially tampering. You know, there's got to be some sort of lines of communication. So, the, you know, I don't think if, if he had, you know, I'm sure his agent probably knows what kind of bonus structure he would get from one team or another uh, and that, that they wouldn't have to wait to August 16th to find it out. So, uh, I, and the question is, Russ, do we think that this is going to be resolved, like, on that day or it'll take a day or two or what, what do you think? I, I, think, I think they'll be crafty about the news cycle of it. Friday is always a dump day for news, and so I think he'll meet with everybody starting the 15th, and on that Friday at like 4 o'clock when it won't get heavy coverage anywhere, then you'll see it leak through. That's what I think will happen. Okay. Um, what are, I had, was looking at something regarding the, the 2015 draft, and you know, the funny thing is this was a draft considered by many the best draft since the 2003 draft. I mean, very deep, very talented um, you know, top end of the draft in, in McDavid and Eichel. Uh, I don't know if you could say, you know, McDavid could be a generational player. Eichel could be a very, very good player for 10 to 15 years. Um, but only five players of that draft class made the NHL last season. McDavid, Eichel, Noah Hannafin with Carolina. Pavel Zaka played one game at the end of the season for the Devils, and Miko Rantanen played nine games. Now, this year, you know, most of these players in this draft are now 19 or will turn 20 during the year. question is, and there's a number of players who have a, will have a good opportunity to make their teams this year, is how many? Now, I, I, I limited it to three, but Anthony, give me at least one name, up to three, that you think will definitely make the NHL this year from the 2015 draft class. Always tough, obviously, to say definite, definite. But if I had to certainly put a um, a pretty good percentage on it, I think um, Ivan Provorov, obviously from the Flyers, I think has a very good chance of, uh, of of finding himself on the Flyers roster this season. There's a possibility that he may still uh, head back to junior. I think there's still a, a decent a, a chance of that. But again, I'm looking at it from the point of view of um, what he's been able to accomplish in Canadian juniors at this point. And this is a common thread that a lot of people will point to. It's the fact that he's accomplished a ton there. He was, he was both WHL and CHL Defenseman of the Year. Um, he helped the Brandon Wheat Kings win the WHL title. He got um, Memorial Cup experience, 
World Junior. He was an impact defenseman in the World Junior Championships as well. The question is, comes down to is he's in that weird area where, you know, if the Flyers had their druthers, you would be playing in the American Hockey League. But obviously the NHL and CHL agreement will, will, not, will not allow that to happen. So I think Provorov is a player that I certainly would look at. Another player I would look at as well uh, is Dylan Strom uh, with Arizona. I think there's a po good, pretty good possibility there. And what enforces that a little bit with me, beyond what Strom has said, uh, and, and has mentioned the fact that he's, ho he's hoping to obviously be in the NHL this season, is the Vermette buyout, I think, potentially creates a roster opportunity there for Strom. Because Vermette obviously plays the pivot, can play the wing as well, but that's an opportunity there for, for Dylan Strom. So I would say those are probably the two, I'm going to say, say two, Zach Wierenski might be on the outside because uh, he obviously played last year uh, for the uh, for the Lake Erie Monsters when they won this when they won the AHL title. So I think he's got a pretty good chance of of being on the Columbus Blue Jackets roster. So those are my three. I'm gonna say Provorov one, Strom two, Wierenski three. Russ, go ahead. All right, I'm gonna give you three other ones actually. Um, I'm gonna give you Miko Rantanen. I think uh, his full year in the AHL will help a lot for this year. He had the benefit of being a Euro and not being a CHL-drafted Euro so that he could get in a year of pro. So I think that's, that gives him a leg up. Uh, I think Pavel Zaka is another one because, again, he did get in some good AHL time. Mike got to see him. He saw how good he was. Devils definitely have opportunity, and, and he's a big body, and I think he would fit right in with their system. And I think he's still got a last chance, maybe at least in camp, to sort of get mentored by Patrick Elias. So even if Elias doesn't make the team, which he probably won't. So I think there's that. And then I'll give you my dark horse one that I think could make the team is Lawson Krause in, uh, in Florida. I think right now there's no pressure on him. Nobody's talking about it. So I, maybe I've added the pressure here, which is bad. But I, I do think he had such a good camp last year that he might have a chance to get slotted in there. Yeah, and he scored 23 goals in 49 games with Kingston, and he's a big body. So yeah. you can put him on the third or the fourth line yeah. and, and keep the expect, you know, tamp the expectations down, and there, I don't think there would be a problem there. Um, well, covering the Leafs, I, I think it's definite that Mitch Marner will at least get the nine games. The, the question is whether he will stay past the nine. I, I was at the rookie development camp. Uh, last month, and he was very impressive. Him and Matthews were going at it in terms of you know the, showing the skill and the and the speed and the ability. It's just a question of whether he's going to be strong enough. I know that he said about at, at camp that he wanted to get up to 170 pounds. He was at 163, but the, the team doesn't seem very focused on that. They just want him to be strong enough to be able to withstand the beating that an NHL season can put on a player. Yeah, I don't think I could get to 170 pounds anymore, but that's a different discussion. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to cut off my leg for me to get on to 163 pounds. But, uh, I mean, I think Marner will at least get the nine games. Um, and he may actually benefit from the fact that, that Mike Babcock will be at the World Cup of Hockey um, and not be I – mean, although his assistant coaches will be running training camp, that, you know, I think that the pressure – Will be, would have been more on him if, if Babcock would have been there all the time because he didn't really play well at last year's training camp until very late, and then he had a season for the ages in the OHL uh, and played very well at the World Junior. So I don't think they're going to rush him. He could play in the World Junior again next December, 
And so I, I think that there are some options there for the Leafs depending on where they think he is. But I definitely think he'll get the nine NHL games. I agree with Anthony. I think Dylan Strome, because of the Vermette buyout, I think him and Christian Dvorak are going to get long looks with the Coyotes. But, I, but we're talking about the 2015 draft, and I think Strome, being a third overall pick, is going to get a is going to get a look. Um, I you know I, I'll. I think Warinsky, but I'll, I'll I'll go off the board here. I think Matthew Barzell has a chance with the. He does. I mean, yeah. I, I think that you know I know that you know Andrew Ladd. They're saying they brought him in to be the be the winger that plays with Tavares, but I almost I almost think that Andrew Ladd would fit in better because you remember last year with Chicago they put him on the top line with Hosa and Taves and he disappeared. He I don't think he could keep up or he just didn't fit. So I, I think he would be better on a second line, providing some scoring depth and some veteran leadership on a second line, rather than being put on the first line with Tavares. And if you put a young, talented offensive guy like Barzil either on the wing or maybe you know you could put him at center as well. You know they did that with Dylan Strom; they moved him to the wing. Maybe that wasn't a good thing, but I, I think that if you could put him with Tavares, that might be a dynamic combination. I mean, not that this means anything, but I just signed him to an ELC in my, my fantasy league, so you know, there you go. <laughs> okay, then that's definitely going to happen. Yeah. Uh, the thing okay. that I, the thing I would look at with Lad is, and you're bringing up the Chicago point, and again, we got a training camp this time versus the time versus Lad getting dealt from Winnipeg to Chicago um, on the fly, trying to fit in almost immediately. Sometimes that chemistry happens. Sometimes, in, in Lad's case, it doesn't. Um, in this case, he's going to, to, to the Islanders, gets in, you know gets involved with the system fairly quickly, uh, and then um, he's trying to figure things out. Now he goes to the Islanders, tries it, and, and is able to have a full camp with Tavares to get things going. I think it's very likely that that Lad will be in that role. He signed for that role. They're going to put him in that role initially, but as time goes on, you may be right, Mike. Okay, uh, Russ. I know that uh, some cuts came out uh, this morning regarding the Team USA uh, their evaluation camp uh, for the upcoming World Juniors in Toronto and Montreal. Um, couple. I mean, I, I, as soon as I saw the list of cuts, the one thing that popped out to me was. They cut a lot of bigger players. I mean, Sean Day, J.D. Greenway, a Leaf draft pick. Sean Day's a Ranger draft pick. Max Jones. Um, I mean, you know, there's a lot of talent there. I think this is a very good roster. But I was a little surprised that the sort of the big beefy guys got cut. Yeah, I think they definitely went that way. Like the thing about J.D. Greenway is he, and I've seen him a decent amount now. He's a great athlete. I don't think he's a great defenseman yet. And so I think for, for this kind of tournament, I get that. I, I don't get Max Jones. Like, why is Max Jones cut? Like, here's the funny thing, though. Just because they're cut from this doesn't mean they won't be back invited back in December. Correct. They could. So you don't get crazy about it. But it, it is a little surprising they sent Max Jones back. And so that one, that's a little puzzle to, puzzling. Middle stat's not puzzling because he's a 2017 guy. I watched him in the under-18s. I thought he looks good. But I think he's got a little work to do. He's a big body, but he doesn't. He's not quite grown into it, and so that's the thing. Riley Tuff got hurt, so that's that makes sense. He has some sort of minor injury, so he stopped. Joey Anderson, I like him. I mean, this guy does nothing but score goals, and and he did it in the under 18s. He was scoring goals pretty much pretty regularly, and I'm, so I'm like, I'm surprised that 
you would already just sort of cast aside that considering they had trouble scoring. Now, on the plus end, well, we'll talk about this end first. Anthony may have some things to say about guys who got cut first. Yeah, I mean, the Jones cut was an interesting one when I saw it. Um, one of the things I was looking at there, one of the, kind of surprised, but he did earn, if you're going to go by based on earning it by play, uh, Flyer six-round pick Tanner Lasinski had a particularly good, and he didn't score, but he was all over the ice, um, according with, with reports. He had um, a real strong two-way play, and they, it may be a case where they see him fitting into a role there. Yeah, he's a role guy. The That's the thing. He's a role guy. He fits a specific mold. It's probably not a case where you want to necessarily, you know, <laughs> you know, Lasinski makes the roster and Jones does it, therefore Lasinski must be better than Jones. Obviously it's not that. Right. Um, it's just a, a case where he fits in. And again, two-way play is something that is being it's something that ha that's always going to be considered by coaches, um, defensive coverage late in games, things of that sort. So, um, but certainly, I did not expect Jones to get cut. The fact that he was 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 very interesting to me, though. Yeah, the one thing also about Lashinsky is, on right now on the expanded, he looks good. I think as they start to figure out where guys fit, he's going to have a tough time. He might be one of those guys that's a bubble guy. But it does look good for him because, again, he works hard and he definitely could be a role guy. You know, the funny thing about Middlestad is he's only 5'11", but what I said about a big body is he's already 190-something pounds. Like, he's a big, sturdy kid for his age. He's not a tall kid, so that's the thing. But he's he's probably going to go back and just win a high school championship in Minnesota and then and then probably a Clark Cup in the USHL. That's That's his goals. And so I don't think he really expected to make the team. The fact that – now, Mike, what about you for cut-wise? What did you think cut-wise first? I mean, Jones I thought was surprising. To me, Day was surprising simply because, I mean, he's so big, and I know that there's this untapped potential that has, you know, that has baffled some coaches and some observers. You know, this is a player who got exceptional status. Um, but – I don't know. I just I was a little surprised uh, with that. But uh, what I'm what I'm a little surprised with was uh, Joseph Wall, the Leafs draft pick, third third round pick, being one of the four goaltenders. Uh, yeah, I think they're just doing. You know, here's the thing. I've been critical of them in the past for whittling down the goaltenders too quickly, and then all of a sudden they don't have a lot to choose from. I'm okay with them having four. I still like Parsons best of all of them. And we'll see. We'll see how that shakes out. But that I'm okay with the fact that they have four and that Wall's a part of it. I watched him play, and 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 he's a pretty good goalie. I don't know if he's going to be a goalie that's going to have an impact in the World Juniors. He may just end up watching the World Juniors yeah. if he's the third goalie. Let me let me just uh, give some uh, like players that are notable here. Uh, Tyler Parsons was one of the four goaltenders. Yeah. Uh, Adam Fox, Chad Chris. Charlie McAvoy, first-round pick of the Bruins. At forward, Kiefer Bellows, Brock Bozer, Jeremy Brocko, the Leafs' second-round pick from a few years ago. That's well, finally they've corrected that, so that's good. Yeah, and I think he, he's – I know that he scored at least a couple goals uh, at this about value. We, should, we should let people know, starting tomorrow through Friday, they're going to have games on the NHL Network. So I'm not even going to talk about how they did until I see them because I'm going to watch those games. And, but, again, the problem with the, these evaluation camps is goaltending is not very strong because a lot of times Parsons is only going to get X amount of time, and you're going to see a lot of other goalies. And many times 
goalies that will never ever play in the tournament. So you, you got to keep those numbers sort of, you know, like um, Paige Thompson had a hat trick. I don't really care that he had a hat trick, to be right. honest. Uh, Logan Brown, Alex DeBrinket, uh, Trent Frederick, Jordan Greenway, uh, Clayton Keller, Luke Kunin. I mean, this this is I mean, this is a really deep for, at forward, especially team. So I, 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 you know, I here's a good thing too for Bruins fans. For all the people that said, well, Trent Frederick's not a first round pick. I've seen this guy play a lot. I had him on my list, not for a first rounder, but but for having first round talent and being early in the second round. And the idea is he is going to be sort of like a bigger version of Chris Drury or Ryan Callahan. Those guys were never going to be superstars in the NHL, but they do their they play their role really well, and they score key goals, and they check hard, and they do well on faceoffs. So you're going to see Frederick on a lot of these teams. And so for all the ripping that the Bruins took, I felt it was unjust. If they like the guy, let them take the guy because there, there is talent there. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I, I found something uh, online that I thought was a little interesting. It's, it's subjective, so, you know, you can, you can rate somebody higher than this uh, listing did, but the, the score up in Canada uh, okay. did a ranking of the 30, uh, of the 30 NHL coaches. Okay. Um, not, we're not going to go through the entire list of 30. We're not going to do all 30? We're not going to do all 30, no. I know it's August. Just 30 minutes. You can do one per minute. <laughs> <laughs> But okay, uh, let's just let's let's just take our guesses at the top. Five. I hate when we guess. I'm always wrong. I will let Anthony go oh, first. Oh jeez, come on! Just I'm think. always wrong with guesses. It's well, the that's worst. What, thing. That, Russ, that's what's fun about it—that you're yeah. always wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, let's take a, take your your personal list of the top five coaches in the league, and we'll see what as it compares to what the score determined. All right. All right. So. Russ, guide you first. You All right. Uh, I'm not. Do I have to do it in order too? No, 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 no order. Just okay. Is Joel Quenville on the list? He is. Okay. So we start off with Quenville. Daring. Uh, you know, I'm just asking. I mean, you never just, know. Just name him. Is Ken Hitchcock on the list? He is not. He is not. Is this is 20 questions? It's like to tell the truth. Well, uh, I'm going to say, hey, is Elaine Vigneault on that list? I'm curious. He's on the list of top 30, but he's not in the top five. He's not in the top five. Is it bigger than a bread box? <laughs> uh, oh, no, we're not talking about Ken Hitchcock. Just kidding. Why am I forgetting San Jose's coach because I was out of season? Oh, um, 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 um. former Devils coach. Thank you. It makes that much of an impact on you. <laughs> Pete DeBoer. Pete DeBoer. Pete DeBoer, sorry. Is Pete DeBoer on the list? He is not in the top five, no. Hmm. I give up on the top five. Anthony, you go. Uh, here we go. Uh, I got one. Not in order, right? So this is definitely not in order. Yeah. Not in order. Quenville. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. Let's go east. Uh, hold on. Sutter. <laughs> This makes for a lot. I know. I know. It's it's tough. It's tough in this circuit because as soon as you get an idea, it pops in your head. It's like, mm, maybe not. Yeah, I'll, give, I'll give I'll give you a hint of of the the four remaining un unlisted, uh, four remaining listed as the top five. One, two, three of them are in the Eastern Conference. One is in the West. One is so okay. One is in the West. 
and Pete DeBoer was not in there. That's I'm going to say I'm going to say probably obviously uh, Sutter. Daryl Sutter, correct. Daryl Sutter. Yeah, I, would, I would argue that. I can't believe he's in this oh, list yeah. anymore. I, I know. You got to go, go by. You got to go by his track record, Russ. Probably, but if his track record, who cares? I go by you know what he's doing now. This is why this was a good question because this is actually very good. The board would have I would have in that what he did with San Jose this year to get them finally get going. I would yeah, actually you would think you would five. get him in the top five. You would think Maybe at this point, but again, he doesn't have. I guess I have to sometimes wonder in a lot of circumstances whether or not you're looking for the sexy the sexy pick who gives you the good who gives you the good uh, the good good quip the good soundbite yeah, yeah. Uh, in this circumstance. East. Um, <laughs> There's no I, I, if Dave Haxtell's in there. That's fascinating. If Haxtell's in there, there's no. I don't think he can't. No. He can be yet. No. One, that's of, soon. one of them was in the Eastern Conference Final. One of them was in the Eastern Conference Final. Oh, you, are you kidding me? Are they? All right. I know the answer. So you're saying Mike Sullivan's top five? No, the other one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, actually, I like John. Actually, Cooper, I do like. I know Russ and I sort of batted back and forth with Cooper in terms no, of. Cooper's a good team. coach. That's but Cooper definitely, I think, belongs in that top five because they've been yeah. consistent. I agree. And then the other two are at the complete opposite ends of the standings spectrum. So John Hines. No. <laughs> no. No. One was first overall, and the other was last overall. Almost first overall, and these are Wait, both. Wait, so you're putting Mike Babcock in that list still? I know they are. They are. Joel they Babcock in the list there. Joel Quenville was number one. Very I top ten. But I, Babcock to me is top ten. Well, yeah, he can't be top five right now. Very, top five. I just can't. Not right now. Barry Trotz, right? Barry Trotz was number two. John Cooper was number three. Daryl Sutter was number four, and Mike Babcock of your Toronto Maple Leafs was number five. Um, okay. If this were in a U.S. US based outlet, I, I could say, all right, maybe I'll give it a little more credence. The fact that it's a Toronto based outlet, yeah, that's all you need to know. Go ahead. Uh, I'll, I, I, okay, I will read off the bottom five because in some, on some of these, I think it's inherently unfair. But let me let me just name some notables. Somebody Elaine, always has to be the worst. Let's just say sure. that right now on the back. Elaine Vigneault was 13th. Yeah, that's a little unfair. He's probably a little higher. Even though I don't think he had a great year, he's better than 13th. Dave Haxtall was 18th. Which I, I think is a little unfair because they made the playoffs. So she, he, considering he, it was a roster wasn't all that much different than the previous year, but again, and they made the postseason. He should be higher. Season. He should be higher. He should be he top should be 15. higher. He really should. I don't know if he's not. He's certainly not. He's not quite top ten, but he, he should be not. Top like, fifteen. Yeah, fifteen, fourteen, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Yeah. Ex perennial uh, Jack Adams Trophy nominee Michelle Terrian was twenty fourth. I think that's fair. And Randy Carlisle was 25th. I think that's fair too. I think that's unfair because you, you like say, Randy Carlisle. You were such a. You might as well pull that shirt off, and you've got a blue shirt under it. You just. You can never say anything bad about Randy Carlisle ever. Believe me, nobody wants me to lift off this shirt. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Except some women in the Buffalo area. Uh, bottom five. 26th. Patrick Waugh. Oh, I, I, mean, I can't kill him on that. I can't. He's in the, He's definitely in the in the in in the lower third. I would I would agree. Twenty seventh, Willie Desjardins. He's. Uh, it's not I his fault. Willie. I mean, 
I like Willie. The thing is, I do like him. Um, I think it's he's probably higher than that. See, this is where this is where this list is unfair. They have the 28th and 29th coaches ranked are two guys who just got hired, which I think is ridiculous. But Guy Boucher is 28th. Right. Mm-hmm. Glenn Gullitson is 29th. And ladies and gentlemen, your winner of the worst coach in the NHL, John Tortorella. <laughs> All right, see, that's just wrong. That's mm. And I am no fan of John Tortorella. So you're telling me McClellan is higher than John Tortorella? Come on. I know. I, 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 I can think of a Where is Todd McClellan? Seriously. Uh, Todd McClellan, I think, was 15th. I'm not looking How at How can he be 15? How can he be 15? Are no, you freaking no, kidding that, me? That's, that's, that's ridiculous. That, that, Are that's, you kidding me? Yes, this is this is exactly the reaction they wanted out of you, Rob. Exactly the reaction. That's what that's what these lists are made this for. This list could be used for toilet paper. <laughs> so what you're saying is this is clickbait. That basically that's all it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, I, one of you mentioned the Team Canada's new uniforms, and uh, I'll show the, the video. I think you. I did actually see the picture of it. Yeah, I kind of like them. Yeah, well, Russ, what do you think of these? I like them. I think the what makes them good and a little different is the black on the shoulders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. I mean, so even if you're like a scrawny guy, you'll look a little bigger wearing black. So that's that's good. So like, if you were Mitch Marner, you would look 170. It's like the reverse. It's like the reverse of San Jose, right? So San Jose oh, yes. has the big dark shoulder yokes. Wait, wait a second. Wait a second, Russ. Yeah. Dark. Dark colors make you look thinner. They don't no, make you look no, no. Thin. They make your belly look thinner, but <laughs> they don't necessarily make your whole body look thinner, Mike. Which is why I wear black all the time. Thank you. Yeah, well, that's you know, you're you're hiding another area, which I do too. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Anthony. What were you, what were you saying before? I said it's kind of like the Russ's theory is kind of like the reverse of the San Jose Sharks. The Sharks' previous design of their jerseys had black the black shoulder yokes, and then they got rid of them. Was it this year or last year? Because they felt like they were weight. They were weight. The material was sort of weighing them down, and they were playing slowly uh, as a result of it. Now again, they made it to the Cup Finals this year. Maybe there's something to that. So if the, if Canada's playing a little slower than expected, these kids are 19. Nothing slow. Exactly. Right. That's true. <laughs> um, okay. Some new, some news and notes. I thought this was particularly funny. Uh, it, it was announced today that uh, you know the Maple Leafs were allowing pre-orders for jerseys of their new jersey for the upcoming season. You know, they changed over to the classic Maple Leaf. Not this one over here, but the, yeah. the frilly Maple Leaf, the new design, which a lot of people like. Um, so the new jerseys can be ordered, but, and this is an important but, you cannot order the name of a player that the number has not been determined yet. So the jersey that everybody wants to order, or jerseys that everybody wants to order, namely William Nylander, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, their numbers have not been determined yet, so you can order everybody else, but you can't order them. I mean, I think everybody who wants a Morgan Riley jersey has ordered it. Everybody who has an Nazem no, Kopp I'm good jersey. with this. I'm good with this. I, I have stopped wearing names on jerseys unless they're retired guys that are have a place in history with the team. Otherwise, I go blank. So I'm right. okay with blank. 
Right, but but I mean, and I do the same thing, Russ. But the thing is, we're the exception rather than the rule. Most people, you know, most most fans in Toronto right now want to order an Austin Matthews jersey, and they can't. They can all they they can order an, an Azim Kadri jer jersey if they want to burn it in effigy or something. But uh, but but has I, Freddie Anderson picked the number? I don't think so. So yeah, so it hasn't been determined yet. At least I haven't seen it listed. So like all their new players, you can't. So you can order a Colin Greening jersey, but you can't order an Austin Matthews jersey. Bizarre. But anyway, um, okay. Uh, some information regarding the World Cup of Hockey, which will be broadcast in the United States on ESPN. Uh, ESPN has uh, said that the pre-tournament games, the Pre basically, the World Cup version of preseason games will be broadcast on ESPN3. <laughs> Anthony, I didn't know there was an ESPN3. I've never seen ESPN3. I think it's a, it's, it's, a, it's streaming, right? Yeah, I think it's a streaming network, exactly. So, yeah. Um, Pretty much putting them nowhere. Yeah, so congratulations. We're on ESPN, kind of. Great. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be on, it's going to be on after dodgeball on the Ocho. I mean, it's just it, Russ, I, okay. As a, as an American fan who loves hockey, I've had to live through, you know, the times when hockey was on what was it? Sport Channel America where that, yes. that was yeah. I lived in I lived in Virginia at the time and I could not get the Stanley Cup because down there I could not get Sports Channel America. I was not happy. Yeah, and and the the only saving grace was that I was in a I was in a border town like Buffalo where I could pick up CBC on on the, either on the basic cable or on, on the rabbit ears and I could and I could uh, and I could watch. But if you were depending, if you were an American fan and you were down like south of the border or or south of the Mason Dixon line and you wanted to watch hockey, I mean, good luck. It was on USA Network when USA Network was not on any cable net networks, and then it switched. And then, I mean, only when it was on ESPN did it get some exposure. But the way ESPN is treating this, I mean, this was made it was such a big deal. The stupid commercials, which I think were, are weak and sort of embarrassing, and now, you know, the preseason, you know, put them on ESPN too. What's, what, what's on there? Poker? Well, let's see. I'm going to look and see what's on the ESPN main channel. I mean, base, but they're probably in, you know, it's baseball because it's it's the pennant. It's the no, pen no, no. But we know baseball. But I'm looking for the other stuff. You know, like like how doesn't this end up on ESPN two at the minimum? Right, right, exactly. Or you know, I mean, I can tell you one thing for sure: they show the CFL on ESPN two, so the CFL ranks higher than the NHL. <laughs> yeah, and 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 I I think that's. I mean, I think that's a bit of an embarrassment. I mean, I I am assuming that the games, the actual games, will be on ESPN or at least ESPN two. You know, because the tournament starts on September seventeenth. Okay, so here's something that I don't even know on ESPN three. Royal London One Day Cup is that soccer, Anthony? Royal London One Day? No, I don't think. I don't believe so. I'm not sure. I mean, the season is starting. Pretty, I think. September. So what is it? What was it again? Royal One Cup. Royal London One Day Cup. Royal London One Day Cup. I don't know what that is. Hold on. It's hurling. It's probably That's, hurling. I'll say right now. Hold on. It is cricket. 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 <laughs> there you go. So cricket. Oh, cricket. <laughs> so right now, right now the World Cup of Hockey is on par with cricket. Yes. 
Now, keep in mind, rest of the world, it, cricket's pretty darn big, especially when you're talking about England uh, and, and other countries. But in terms of showing it ahead of hockey in North America. All right. So here we go. So it's 7 o'clock tonight, the World Armless, Arm Wrestling League. <laughs> what was, what was the Ben Stallone movie? Let's, let's go. Over, over, let's, over the top. Over the top. <laughs> so essentially, the over the top league is there. So that's something. All right. Over the um, top with Robert Loggia as the as the as Robert Loggia father-in-law. <laughs> Who's gonna take? Who's gonna take his son away? The son was on General Robert Loggia. Robert Loggia. What Robert. is this? So all right. Uh, so here's something else that's on e regular ESPN. The basketball tournament presented by Jack Link's Protein Snacks. That's like what? a point. That's basically like a retired. That's that's a retired basketball NBA player amateur. It's a retired pro am basically. Russ, that, that Wichita Baseball League is probably going to be on ahead of the... Well, wait, well, wait. So on ESPN2, if you want to watch tonight, Big League Baseball World Series, Chinese Taipei versus Maui, Hawaii. What the hell? <laughs> this, is, this is what I mean. I mean, ESPN for years, since the NHL went to... For, first it was Versus, now NBC Sports Network and NBC... You barely see the highlights on an ESPN half-hour or hour sports center. You barely see it. Even during the Stanley Cup final, they'll give them five minutes with uh, with uh, Steve Levy and uh, and Barry Melrose, and then they, they make, make sure you don't make a mistake and and accidentally record on ESPN three the 2016 Emirates Airline U.S. Open. I don't even know what that is. It might be golf. Yeah. Wow. All I know is I, I really need to see Sammy Farha and Chris Moneymaker playing Texas Hold'em, uh, <laughs> along with uh, Phil Hellmuth. And you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. I can't miss. I can't miss that. I, I you know that takes precedence over the World Cup of Hockey every single day. I mean, just it's so freaking ridiculous that now and, and I, I you know I blame the NHL in a bit here because they went sort of bowing and scraping back to ESPN. They wanted to get this. This on, you know, I know NBC pitched for it, but they decided to go with ESPN, maybe to get you know ESPN to sort of loosen up in terms of their covering the sport. But we'll see, like we'll see that during the during the regular season next year whether they give them more than five minutes of of, uh, of coverage. Here's the thing: I've never even watched ESPN three. Do I have to download the app and get it on my phone that way? Like I don't even know. Well, is it is it any worse than that that M the NBC app that we had to download to watch uh, World Championship games, or you know you know I remember that it's like you know it was it was I think it was Finland or no it was the Czechs in the U S and it wasn't on it wasn't on NBCSN right we had to download the NBCSN app. I think this is the equivalent of that. Yeah. So I mean I did you know I I hope that it's part of the agreement that the tournament itself. Is on ESPN. I mean, I get that. You know, so like, here's here's the sample show that they'll be showing that night instead of instead of the game. They'll be showing a thirty and thirty on Abdullah the Butcher. <laughs> You'll watch that, Russ. I, sadly, I would watch. That. <laughs> as 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 long as it's not the thirty for thirty on Hulk Hogan, and we get to see the Gawker video. <laughs> Because I, I, I never, I never want to see that video. Thank you very Nobody much. Nobody does. Yeah. Okay. Um, a couple other news and notes here. 
Uh, Evander Kane is now facing a civil lawsuit on top of the uh, misdemeanor assault charges that he's pled not guilty to. Uh, it was an article in the Buffalo News this morning that said he is going to countersue the the person who is uh, accused or has sued him civilly. Um, Russ, it doesn't sound like this is going to get cleared up anytime soon. This is probably. No, yeah, but I'll tell you what. I think I think what's going to get through the cracks here is since he's gone not guilty, is even if he gets off on, let's say, he just has to do uh, picking up garbage on the side of the road, let's say he gets off on that, on just that as time served, and he loses in the civil, he's still going to get to play hockey because it's a civil lawsuit, and it's only money. And I think this is like still like dangerous ground here because I don't think Evander Kane is learning even if he's totally innocent on this, right. he's still putting himself in bad positions. That's and the key. And we're not, we're not, again, we're not casting judgment here. Right. We're just reporting what happened. But Anthony, in terms of, uh, we had Joe Yurden on a couple weeks ago, and he basically said that the Sabers were looking to move Evander Kane, and this pretty much derails any potential of that happening because he's already got in in hockey circles. I think he's got two strikes against him, one with Winnipeg with the whole situation with Buffalo and his teammates, and now strike two with Buffalo, not only this situation, but going up to Toronto for the NBA All-Star game and missing practice the next day. Yeah. I mean, he's just burying himself, and he's got a lot of talent. But He came, he came in, and I, and I always go back to this with Evander Kane, going back to when he first came into the league with Atlanta and before they moved, obviously, up to Winnipeg. Um, I felt that, you know, and this is like a classic case of a player getting, this is like a classic case of where GMs will point to Kane and say, this is the reason why in a lot of cases, beyond talent, you got to have the head for things too and have, have to have some level of maturity. And Kane was, again, Atlanta was looking for that, you know, you know flashy star young player. They drafted him. They brought him in. The talent was there. He obviously belonged there talent-wise, but sometimes it's just not necessarily... Uh, clicking in upstairs completely at the start, uh, and there's a certain maturity level that comes with being in the public spotlight, playing uh, in the NHL. And he goes from you know Atlanta uh, to Winnipeg, which again goes from Atlanta, where the Thrashers obviously you know in terms of the pecking order of teams, we know where they were in, in that city, versus Winnipeg, where you are literally in the fit, you are you know it's a Canadian market, you're in a fishbowl, and every single thing that you do is going to be magnified, whether it's Toronto, no matter what Canadian market you're really in. Right. So I just, I've always gone back to with Kane, um, came into the league too soon, needed a little bit more time, and now again, he's in a situation now where, yeah, teams are looking at him and saying, you know, there's, you know, the talent's there, but whether or not it's ever going to come to him, you know, in maturity sense, they just don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's... I mean, he scored 20 goals last year, missed about a quarter of the season with injury. I think he was out six weeks at the beginning of the year. But, I mean, when he played, he was play, played well. He was an impact player. I mean, he was brought in to take pressure off of Eichel and, and uh, Reinhardt to provide some scoring, to provide secondary. You know, I don't think he was brought in for leadership. I think they saw in terms of, a you know, they could get him for what they considered a bargain price, and they hoped that they could straighten him out. And he hasn't straightened out, and now, you know, he's got two more years, and I believe five and a quarter million dollars. And I don't think that the Sabers 
could unload him unless they take back another troublesome yeah. contract from somebody else. Like, you know, and I'm not creating a rumor here, but like a Dennis Wideman situation in Calgary, right. something like that. Hey, um, I, I've got some, if, if we want to get off Kane for a sec, I've got the cities that some of these games will be at for the World Cup. I don't think we have to give out the dates, but just to give you an idea, so sure. Sweden, Finland will be in Helsinki. There's a Czech Republic versus Russia in St. Petersburg. North America versus Europe in Quebec, Canada, U.S. and Columbus, Russia versus Czech Republic in Prague, Finland, Sweden and Gothenburg, USA, Canada and Ottawa, Europe versus North America in Montreal, Finland, USA in Washington, Czech Republic, North America, Pittsburgh, Sweden versus Europe, D.C. and Russia versus Canada, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Oh, because of Crosby. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and Crosby and Malkin and Ovechkin. And there you go. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, and and you know, they're they're spreading it out because all the games will be in Toronto. So, so are they basically trying to tell us that the U.S. Gate, USA game in Columbus is because Columbus is the most American city? I yeah. mean, like I'm just asking the question. Come on, no. Anthony, you're, you're you're smiling, but I'm asking the question. Like, could it's it, could it be because the head coach of Team USA is the coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets? It could be because of that, but is that a good enough reason to have it in Columbus? No. 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 And, you well, know, if you're looking for any sort of angle, if you're looking for the angle, then that's potentially one. What about the selling of the tickets angle? Also the arenas. You have that. You also have the, the arenas. T- I, I mean, it's kind of a loose thing, but if you think about it, what, what are the two, what are the main U.S. arenas for the preliminaries? You've got... D.C. and Pittsburgh. Okay. D.C.'s a little arenas. You know, Pittsburgh, obviously, and Pittsburgh's arena, obviously, very nice, yeah. relatively new. Well, Columbus is a nice arena. Columbus too. is a gorgeous arena, too, exactly. So there's something to be said in that respect. Uh, you can come up with those. If you want to call them tenuous angles, that's fine. I'm okay with that. But in terms of, like, high-end but, arenas, they, those definitely qualify. Go ahead, Mike. The question is, do you think that these games will sell? I mean, first of all, that's what I'm worried about. Right. I mean, these. Yeah. I mean, okay. Not to say like everybody after a, after the summer, if you're a diehard hockey fan, you're dying to see hockey. But it's not the Capitals. It's not the Penguins. It's Team USA. It's mm-hmm. the Team North America. So it's not your team, unless one of your one of the players on that team is a star player for your particular team. I don't know if you're going to go. It's. I mean, I don't see this being a big draw. So they're going to see Brandon Dubinsky. They're going to pack the house for Brandon right. Dubinsky. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just asking the question. I'm, I'm Here's another another angle to look at potentially is when it gets to the states. In terms of you got to look at travel. In some cases, they obviously didn't want to spread the World Cup. They didn't want to spread these preliminaries out. You know, several different time zones when they got right. to when they, at least when they got to the states. Right. Uh, and. I think if you, we've traveled in the United States, airline-wise, we know it isn't exactly, uh, you know, it has its challenges. Mm-hmm. So I do have to wonder because of proximity. They knew Washington with the World Cup, Washington was going to probably be one because right. they want those visuals. No argument for Washington. Pittsburgh and Columbus, again, being relatively close to where the main games, you know, the main tournament games are going to be played, mm-hmm. you could potentially also make that as the argument as well. Well, I, I'm I'm very curious to see, and I have not heard any kind of updates about how tickets have sold for all the games in Toronto. But this was the one concern. If you, okay, say for example, the Blue Jays are going to contend for the AL East. They're right now they're in a, in a race for first place. 
They're probably going to be in the playoff race, and that'll be around the same time. At the end of the regular season, the, the baseball season will coincide with the World Cup. So in the span of three months in Toronto, you're going to have a potential Blue Jays playoff run and a run to the World Series, if they get lucky, uh, the, the World Cup of Hockey, the World Junior, the Grey Cup, and uh, also the outdoor game between the Leafs and Detroit at uh, BMO. So you're going to have all these events. And the question I'm saying is, at least, you know, there are CFL fans that are going to buy tickets for the Great Cup. It's their version of the Super Bowl. The World Juniors and International Tournament, they'll, they'll eat it up in Toronto like they did two years. Not sure that fans will step in and buy tickets for is the World Cup of Hockey, which has not played in such a long time. And there's a limit on how many how many dollars fans will spend oh, yeah. on these events. Here, here, here's my my other issue, too. So I'm looking up NHL arenas by capacity. Now, Columbus is 20th. Is that by design? Because they don't know if they could fill one that's like 20,000, 21, so they're going one that could fill 18? That's the point. Arena is the original building, and it's been there since they been, since they came in the NHL, right? I mean, so. Yeah. Yeah, they've but been. they're still the 20th in capacity. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I know the newer buildings, I mean, with the exception of Barclays, the newer buildings have been 18,000, 19,000. They try to accommodate more. Um, right, but Philly, Detroit, Chicago have bigger buildings. Right. Well, and, and Detroit is, the, the the new building is opening, so you would have thought maybe that would have been an idea. You know. Just a thought in my head, that's all. Right. Okay, two more things. Um, interesting comment by Bill Foley, the owner of the Las Vegas expansion team in the Las Vegas Sun uh, today. Um, the, the Vegas team hired Kelly McCrimmon as their assistant general manager. He'll assist George McPhee. But Bill Foley, the owner, says that his intention is for this team to make the playoffs within three years and to win the Stanley Cup within eight. Now, Okay, this is coming off the heels of them, of a lot of people saying they're going to compete right away, meaning compete for the playoffs in their first year. I mean, Russ, is this they're just... not making it in three years. They could win the Stanley Cup in eight. Yeah. That's always a possibility the way this league is. If they draft well and they get a lot of top picks, that is possible. Playoffs in three years, I don't, I don't see it. It's an out. I think it's an out. Depend if things break really well for them, um, maybe maybe three. But that's 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 an outside chance. I think four to five is far more likely. How long going to take Nashville? I'd have to top of my chat. We'd have to check. Um, seven or eight. Yeah. yeah, that's what I want to say. It was seven or eight just to make yeah. the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. It, and, could, it could. But I, again, in a. I think the thing is again in Vegas, brand the the first you know. First real true pro team in that market. You got to try to get people on board. I, I get you can always sort of say, hey, after two three years into the process, we realize now that it, it was going to take a little bit more. We're getting there, but you're trying to get season ticket holders to buy on, especially those who are interested, may not be as educated on the sport, but maybe gets them in the door for the first few years. And if they see the upward swing, then that's a possibility. The eight-year thing for the Stanley Cup is kind of funny, considering the loose Flyers connections with the um, with the Las Vegas franchise between Murray Craven being the uh, uh, obviously being Foley's right-hand person, and Brad McCrimmon's brother Kelly being uh, the assistant GM. 
And how many years was it that the Flyers took to get to uh, their first Stanley Cup championship? So they, they came in in what, 67? Uh, and their first cup was? 74. 74. So there's that seven, eight-year window. So just something to you know, it took six. It took six for Nashville. Like that's right. that's what it takes, five or six yeah. years. Even if you want to speed it up for them, I'll give them five. Three? Right. It took, it took Buffalo five years getting Gilbert Perot. I mean, they had Punch and Black building the team. They got Gilbert Perot with the first pick in the draft in 1970. They got you know Rick Martin and Sean Feld and all these good players, and it still took them five years to get to the Stanley Cup. They final. can have Con Smythe resurrected building this team. It's not going to work. Right. I mean, they would have they would have to hit home runs in the draft. They would have to yes. draft. Guys who make the NHL immediately, they would have to pick the right guys in the expansion draft, have some of them be keepers, have the other ones be able to be flipped for draft picks or prospects, and then hit on those. So I, I think five years is more realistic. Yeah. I don't think I think yeah, I, I would agree with that. It's just, just too much infrastructure that has to get put into place yeah. uh, for in any way, not just the base, not just the NHL roster, but every but everything else that has to be in place as well, prospect wise and otherwise, in order for them to even make trades. To acquire those players, it would just yep. be a perfect storm for that to happen. And, and finally, today, uh, Keith Gretzky, a younger brother of Wayne Gretzky, uh, is leaving the Boston Bruins, where, where he was uh, head of the scouting department, and he is joining his former boss, Peter Chiarelli, in Edmonton as their assistant general manager. Uh, Russ Gretzky has an eye for talent. This is a good a good ad for Edmonton, and just continues to show the changeover under Cam Neely and Don Sweeney that they don't want they don't want anything that has any taint of Peter Chiarelli in that organization. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely good for Edmonton. You're going to hear the Boston narrative about the you know the Sension draft and all that, and that's what they're going to blame on on Keith Gretzky. And and you don't know what's going to happen with that yet, right? We can't even say we could all say hey these other players look better, but we don't know. I mean we'll we'll see how that shakes out. But that's what the narrative's going to be. I think this is good for Edmonton. I do. Anthony? Yeah, I would concur. I mean, I, again, Gretzky, as you stated, does have a pretty good eye for talent um, in terms of um, – and, again, I, I, you know Shirelli obviously wants to put as much of the a, a, a structure as, the, as they've had in place. And, again, they're going to look at it and say, hey, Shirelli had success in building a Stanley Cup winner. That's what they're trying to do in Edmonton. Gretzky obviously also carries with him the name brand as well, which certainly will catch a lot of people's attention as well. So, yeah, I think it's a solid move for Edmonton. I do. I really don't know who Boston's going to put in there. Like, I, I, you know, I'm starting to wonder a little bit about Boston. I am. Maybe they can hire Jim Benning. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Okay, guys, great show. Uh, we will be back tomorrow with another edition of the Hockey Buzzcast. Thank you, Anthony. Earlier. We're going to be on earlier tomorrow. We're going to be on earlier at noon tomorrow. At noon uh, tomorrow, yes. With, noon uh, Eastern for you other noon people. Eastern, whoever lives in a weird time zone and not the East Coast. Noon and not Eastern, uh, 12.30 Newfoundland time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, for Anthony Mangione, for Russ Cohen, I'm Michael Agello. Thanks for watching. And remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.